your dirty whore mouth. My dirty whore mouth? Is that on there? I think it might have been. I think that was the first thing that got picked up, actually. It was a bit of a delay. <laughs> I like drinking beer and I like talking hockey when I get to do both. I feel pretty lucky. Oh, let's get pucked up. Sounded off key this time, Robin. Are you sick? Shut up, Scott. <laughs> so, welcome to another episode of Let's Get Pucked Up. I am your host, Robin Coymans. Chirping me within the first few seconds, as you could hear, is my good friend Scott Dowler. Um, great to have you on the podcast, Scott. What are you drinking tonight? Beer. Beer? Okay, we'll move along quickly then to our other guest who we've got. Um, first time guest on the podcast, my cousin Ryan Coymans. Great to have you up here in Yellowknife, first of all, but on the podcast. This is awesome. Um, how are you doing? What are you drinking, Ryan? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can see this is going to be an excellent podcast <laughs> no, tonight. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you so much for having me. Oh, no problem. Uh, it's great to be here. First podcast ever. Uh, great to be in Yellowknife, most beautiful place on earth. And uh, that's, that's hyperbole. Yeah. I don't know about that. Yeah, I'm, I'm drinking a ragged pine from uh, the folks over at the uh, Northwest Territories Brewery. Yeah. Shout out to them. Mm-hmm. No, they, they make fine beer. Um, I forgot to say what I was drinking because I am a terrible host, but uh, I am uh, also drinking some Ragged Pine while simultaneously double fisting with some Yukon Brewing Company Conspiracy IPA. It is apparently beer worth freezing for. Uh, but which territory is your favorite? Um, Nunavut? Wrong. Oh. <laughs> I've, not, I've actually only been to Nunavut for like one hour, so I can't say Nunavut. No, Northwest Territories is obviously my favorite. It's like, no question. But but the Yukon has mountains. The Yukon does have mountains. Um, I mean, gold. I haven't actually... Gold! <laughs> <laughs> There's gold in them there are hills. But I have not actually lived in Yukon, so I do not know if I could say it's better. Um NWT's treated me well, so I'll just leave it at that. So if there's yeah. gold somewhere, does that mean there's leprechauns as well? Um I think that by the yeah, I think so. I think that's how the science works. I think it checks out. As um, a geologist, I can confirm that that is excellent. How it works. Yeah. Okay. So now that we know that there is gold and leprechauns in Yukon, but Hold superior on, beer and living in the NWT. You, you already bitched me out earlier. You well, don't I get a shiny moment. Some more. This is why I'm on this podcast. <laughs> Fine. It took Robin a year to invite me back to this podcast, and at one point I was the leading guest <laughs> on this podcast. The leading guest. I don't know where I am now. I'm probably still top three. I've, I've probably invited you like four <laughs> times since then, and you just couldn't make it. So, like, well, I was on other podcasts. Okay, fine. I see how it is. I'd like to give a shout out to Barren Ground Coffee as well. <laughs> Try their new Brazilian blend. Okay, uh, like a wax. Oh, a coffee. It's a medium roast. <laughs> they are also a fine, uh, a fine, fine business. So that ad rev, yeah, fine, we'll, eh? we'll we'll eventually get some some money behind this podcast. I'm sure with our ten listeners, I'm sure Baron Ground will be happy ten? to sponsor us. Ten used to be seven, up to ten. I've got some students who listen now. <laughs> Good start. Yeah. So. Uh, Three minutes, 42 seconds in, we haven't talked about hockey yet, so let's jump into that. Um, so the Sabres are sucking a big one right now, um, and I want to pose you guys the question, because forever, for as long as I've done this podcast, I think it's been pretty 
fair to say that it sucks the most to be a Sens fan of all the teams in the league. Um, okay, maybe I'm, get, I'm getting a little like of a quizzical look from Scott, so maybe that's not the case. But in my opinion, it has sucked the most to be a Sens fan, perhaps up until now, where the Sabres are giving them a run for their money. So I'm wondering, based on what we've seen from the Sabres this season, based on the Jeff Skinner triple healthy scratching, the Jack Eichel two goals on the season, and just like being at odds with Ralph Kruger, really just the dysfunction, the general dysfunction in the Sabres locker room right now. Do you think it's worse to be a Sabres or a Sens fan? Or if you want to pick a third option, a Coyotes fan. Scott? I mean, there's a lot of teams I wouldn't want to be a fan of. But yeah, the Sabres are pretty bad right now. I saw a post today, coincidentally, that the last time the Sabres made the playoffs was when the Atlanta Thrashers were in the league. Hmm. Well, it's quite the drought. Yeah. Yeah. It's depressing. It is. So, so how long ago was that? 10 years or something. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say like, cause I know the, the jet, yeah, the jets came around like 2012 or something like that. Um, yeah. Checks out. Yeah. And the guy that was in the post, I had to zoom in and I was trying to figure out who it was. Brad boys. Well, there's another name that you haven't heard for like 10 years. So. <laughs> name yeah. <you> know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, if, if Brad Boy says it, it must be true. <laughs> um, you said Brad Boy. <laughs> so, like, Sabres is your vote, Scott. Um, no, no, I'm just saying it would suck to or that's, be. Or that's just your preamble. Oh, yeah, okay. the Sabres. Oh, yeah, that's my preamble. The Sabres, like, <laughs> that's brutal. Ten years of being awful and rebuilding. But, I mean, who would want to be a Coyotes fan? Their ex-GM was let go for... Being useless. I forget what happened. <laughs> I think he tried to interview for another job with the New Jersey Devils while he was still employed by the right. Coyotes. And now they've fired their old assistant GM, Steve Sullivan, for contract breach or something stupid. They were bankrupt a couple of years ago. You know, their team sucks. They traded for Taylor Hall. He turned out to be a bust. They, they couldn't even convince him to stay. They have, yeah, they couldn't convince him to stay. They have a scandal for. <laughs> he went to Buffalo. <laughs> he went to Buffalo. He went from like he's been in Edmonton, Buffalo, Jersey, and Arizona. Like he's a curse. The worst teams to cheer for, aside from or do you Toronto. Think, well, I, I I hate to interject here once again, but do you think maybe Taylor Hall just really likes to like tank? Like, do you think he really enjoys being like big fish in small pond? <laughs> I don't know. I think Taylor Hall's a, a strong player. I just uh, I don't think that any player can gel with a team the way that he's moved around lately. Yeah, really, really quickly, you know, being moved around. Yeah, he's he's definitely not gotten the Eichel bump that I think many of us were expecting. And Jack Eichel himself has not gotten the Eichel bump this year. So, um, yeah. So so what is your final verdict? Scott, on the Sabres, Sens, Coyotes situation, who do you think is the most suffering uh, group of fans? That's so hard. <laughs> I guess Buffalo, because they actually care about hockey there. Whereas in Arizona, like probably half the people there don't even know that hockey exists and in we, the state. And we all saw the, the, empty, the empty seats in the conference finals when Ottawa was there against Pittsburgh <laughs> and how embarrassing that was for them. So, yeah, no, that's fair. I don't think Buffalo would have empty seats if they made it to the conference finals, even with the current apathy towards the team. 
Um, so yeah, Ryan, what, what about you? What do you think? Oh, put me question? on the spot here. <laughs> You've had a few minutes to say <laughs> oh. about it. Well, the Buffalo Sabres, you know, as a Toronto Maple Leaf fan, and there's no love lost there. It's so the Sabres have always moonlighted for me as a team that afforded me the chance to go and see a, a Leafs game for cheap. Yes, a cheap, <laughs> a cheap Leaf game. So yeah, to be honest, you know, I've always gone. I've gone to Buffalo Sabres games for you know probably since my childhood. Um, they've always been exciting, but I guess deep down, the way I feel this year is Jack Eichel, their star player and captain, is just disinterested, and when you have a star player like that who can take over a game and he just doesn't want to be there anymore, it just doesn't, looks like he doesn't want to be there, so that's why I feel sorry for their fan base right now, and that's why I think they're tanking. Uh, on the question of who has the more suffering fan base, it would definitely be Buffalo in my mind. Reason being because Ottawa has you know some hope with Kachuk and with their younger players like uh, Steitzel, and you know they're in a rebuild mode right now. So yeah. that's how I feel, anyways. Yeah, no, that's very fair. Um, the Sens definitely have the best prospect pipeline between those three teams. I mean, the Coyotes only had their top pick this year was a fourth round pick, and they had to give him up because of. <laughs> Some pretty sketchy reasons, like uh, yeah, racism and bullying. So won't get into the full details of that one. But oh, yeah. and I forgot Arizona. Yeah, sorry to interject again. Oh no, I no. forgot all about. Yeah, Arizona. Everyone forgets about Arizona, it's and okay. that's and that's why I, they're not on the list for me. Yeah. You know, because they their don't fans are, to be a team. Their fans are <laughs> golfing in ninety degree weather, and who cares? Those about bastards. Yeah. <laughs> so and they've got Chitra, You know. <laughs> yeah, they, they, uh, yeah. Coyotes, whatever. Um, so for me, yeah, it's between the Sabres and Sens. Although, like, did you guys read that athletic article about the Coyotes at all, or did you see anything about that? So you have to pay for those articles. I pay. Honestly, I got the athletic when it was a dollar twenty-five a month. Wow, it was like a crazy deal, and they're still only charging me a dollar twenty-five a month. So uh, shout out to the Athletic here on this podcast <laughs> while we are promoting Baron Ground. If you want to. Read a good article written by uh, someone who's not in the pocket of Bell Media. We'll get to Bell Media later. Then listen, then, then uh, download The Athletic and, yeah, I don't know, whatever. They, they have some good articles. <laughs> um, but anyway, the article was pretty, like, deep diving about just some of the problems with the Coyotes' ownership right now. Um, looked at people not being paid for certain things, about how they're, like, cheaping out on just, yeah, not... No, uh, on the, some of the smallest things, like I, I can't even remember the examples, but there was there's just like a ton of evidence showing how the ownership was really struggling. And I know it's COVID times right now, so you don't want to like kick someone while they're down in terms of like business ownership. But this was about they were interviewing people about like their the operations before COVID hit, and it just sounds like the team is in like complete turmoil based on the the ownership they have. Um, that being said, I don't feel like. Arizona has enough fans to make their fan base the most suffering. So <laughs> I think it's between Ottawa and Buffalo. Um, Didn't they go through some kind of bullying scandal? Well, that was the thing. That was the thing with, well? uh, I think that's the, the prospect that they drafted in the fourth round. Yeah. So every team was well aware of the situation. I think his name was like Malcolm Miller or something yeah. like that. And the Coyotes were just like, uh, we're maybe they saw themselves as like the New England Patriots of the NHL, and they're like our team, uh, our our team, uh, like the locker room is good enough, the leadership is good enough that we'll be able to teach this guy to do the right thing. And then everyone was like, no, screw you, this guy's a 
a, gar- a garbage human. Like yeah. you shouldn't have drafted him. Yeah. And then they just renounced his rights. Um, so that was, that was a, a black eye for the franchise for sure. But um, yeah, the Sens have Eugene Melnick as their owner. It's really hard to overlook that. Like I know that he's been out of the news more so the last little while, but my God, he had a rough like three years of just being like the biggest piece of crap in the NHL for sure. Um, So how does that change now? So he's been quiet for a little while, I guess. Uh, Um, That being said, we are in 2021 now officially, and this is the first year, according to Eugene Melnick, of his five years of unparalleled success for the Ottawa Senators (laughs) that he announced in 2018, I think it was. So um, if this is year one of unparalleled success, I feel really bad for Suns fans. Um, they have the better prospect pipeline for sure against the Sabres and against the Coyotes, but will they keep those prospects? Will Eugene Melnick be willing to actually resign them? I don't know. They paid up for Shabbat and yeah, they paid up for Shabbat. That's and Colin White, I guess. (laughs) I think, (laughs) which may not have been the best. That's a pretty good like start. I don't know. I don't, we'll see, see what happens. I think it has to do with, their hockey culture, and I think what they've been trying to do uh, in their rebuild, I think they're also trying to attain a new arena in the downtown court and to build their fan base even more. So I think yeah. if they have a more exciting future when it comes to infrastructure and fan base, I think that more of the players will be willing to sign for less money. I feel like it's a it's a place that a player is never going to say, I'm going to be traded to these five teams with the trade clause. I don't think they're ever going to say the Ottawa Senators. No, and no one's no one's ever taken a hometown discount. I mean, if anything, they have to overpay for their players. Like, look at the Matt Murray contract in the off season. But I I do hear you guys, and I also think that if you look at the Ottawa Senators, r- the ride that fans have had over the last, well, say like since the Atlanta Thrashers, since we'll, we'll demarcate that as the time period that we're looking at, I think just what so I think, like ten years. So the last like basically since the Atlanta Thrashers were a team, so like twenty eleven, yeah. So the last ten years, the Sabers have not had a playoff appearance. They've had stale hockey to absolutely garbage hockey the entire time. Whereas the Sens have at least hit some high highs of almost making the Stanley Cup Finals. Alfredson, Spezza, Heatley, like that that era was crazy. So to be a Sens fan has been at least more interesting over the last 10 years. You've had higher highs. You may have had lower lows. I don't know, though, because the Sabres have had some pretty low lows. So I'm going to agree with you guys, I think, and say that it's worse to be a Sabres fan right now than to be a Sens fan. Interestingly Sorry, enough. Yeah. I love your wings. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, it's rough in Buffalo. Um, now, another thing that's popped up in uh, in on hockey shows recently with Sidney Crosby playing his 1,000th game is a lot of pundits and analysts, especially on CBC and Sportsnet, seem really ready to anoint him as a top five all-time player in uh, hockey history. So I'm curious as to how you guys feel about Sidney Crosby and his place on the mantle of just like all-time greats like he's obviously not going on the Mount Rushmore of hockey which is in no particular order Wayne Gretzky Mario Lemieux Bobby or Gordy Howe but is he that fifth kind of like little appendage hanging off of Mount Rushmore uh Scott you want to take this first sure I mean I find this to be a hard one actually um because 
you know, off the top of my head, I can't think of someone to take that fifth spot. If you're evaluating based on success, then yeah, he's probably number five and maybe higher um, because he's won everything there is to win his entire career and he plays, you know, the right way, for lack of a better term. <laughs> the Canadian way? <laughs> the Canadian way. <laughs> so you're saying Except he he's... wears a visor, that yeah, bastard. That, yeah. <laughs> Who wears a visor? Oh, wait, everybody does. Fine. <laughs> um, yeah, I can't think of any, anyone off the top of my head, so I... But you, yeah. you were saying for a second there, I'm curious, you were like saying he could usurp someone from the top four of Hockey's Mount Rushmore. Um, if based on success. Based on success, but so who of those guys has had less success than Sidney Crosby, potentially? Bobby Orr, his body gave out on him. Okay, that that's not I, so. So I guess we're looking at different ways to define success then, because Bobby Orr, like, won a bunch of Art Rosses as a defenseman, which has never been done since. It's just yeah, insane. In the what seventies against stick figure goalies, won a couple. Well, that's more an eighties goalie caricature, but I'm sure they were still sticky uh, in the seventies. But he he still was like he and Phil Esposito were breaking like scoring records then, which is pretty insane for a defenseman. Hold on, know. Don Cherry, is that you? <laughs> I, I'm not going to break out a Don Cherry impression. <laughs> but, um, oh, maybe I should. No, no, it's okay. Um, but yeah, I think that Bobby Orr is. It's hard to say that he was less successful. He just had a shorter career. And that was due to some some pretty unfortunate injuries. I think it's just been drilled into our head from childhood that Bobby Orr was like the best player ever. Probably by Don Cherry. Yeah. <laughs> and you fell for it. I did. He's also dynamic for the time that he played in as well for making the defensive position more oh, offensive. Yeah. Which he absolutely was, changed the defensive yes. position. So I think his influence in hockey was great. So I think uh, that's why Bobby Orr is way up there. So. Yeah. As a favorite. Okay, I'm curious then who to you guys takes over spot number five. If if I'm saying Crosby does. Well, to, to me, Sidney Crosby will always be a Canadian folk hero. I think that he's going to be widely renowned. So you're saying Sidney Crosby is just the next Paul Henderson. Your words, not mine. Yeah. <laughs> Golden gold, yeah. No, he's, he's definitely going to go down as one of the best Canadian players and best in, in the NHL, for sure. For what he's done, uh, definitely in the modern era, I think our era, I think that he's going to go down as the best player in our era. So does that put him number five for you then? No, it doesn't. Um, I think Mario Lemieux beats. Crosby well, no, Mario Lemieux's already in the top four. Oh, is he? He's in, is he? I, uh, well, my top four. He's in my top four too. Yeah, I so, put Rocket up there too. Okay, so you have Rocket up there. I would put Rocket up there. That's okay. A, okay that's fair. Yeah. Like I, the, I never saw Rocket Richard play. But he was the first guy to do like fifty goals in fifty games. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. First five hundred goal scorer, and that was in an era when goal scoring wasn't easy. So I could, for sure, understand Rocket Richard. Some people will say like Jean Beliveau. Um, I'm actually going to offer a different option for my number five. That is you... it not a Canadian? Oh, yeah. Oh, well, here we he's go. He's about as un-Canadian as you can get. Well, no, he's not. He's not Russian. But uh, Dominic Hoshik, number five. What? Have you yeah. been smoking? Yeah. Come at me, bro. I don't agree with that. That's a Buffalo Saber. Yeah. Big Hasek fan myself, but I don't agree with that. Just... Why are so you why... Hasek fans? So first of all, why can't goalies be in the top five? Okay. Why is it always forwards and one defenseman, Bobby Orr? Why, why is there this just prejudice against goalies? 
Why not Martin Broder or or Ken Dryden or yeah, Cana- a good Canadian yeah. kid? Because I'm not racist, okay? I give people a chance Patrick, who come from the Czech Republic. Patrick, that's Wall. not a race. Who come from <laughs> Quebec? <laughs> uh, <laughs> that escalated. Um, I just need to look up some facts on Dominic Hoshik before I talk completely out of my ass. But I feel what like are you, about? you look up all your facts. He was time. very very no, strong for a short amount of time. I know he won like. Well, he's won more Hart trophies, I think, than any other goaltender. And then later in his career, he piggybacked on the Red Wings to win cups. So I guess, so I guess, what it comes down to is, do you care about um, like just sustained longevity and excellence, or do you care about just like burning hot, like friggin' just top of their game, being like absolutely unimpeachable, untouchable, like Bobby Orr and Dominic Hasek are? The whole show, baby. To me, it sounds like then. You want to start a list for like perseverance and resilience because Dominic Hasek survived in Buffalo and Ottawa and Detroit. In Chicago, let's not forget that. So, like, some of the worst played like places. three games in Chicago. I have a Dominic Hasek. I don't know if I still have it, but I had a, a Chicago Blackhawks Dominic Hasek hockey card. Anyway, sorry, we, we interrupted you. It was like a warm up picture. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if. If we're gonna go down the Dominic Hasek road, again, you're going for goalies. And then it, Patrick Waugh. Yeah, Patrick Waugh. This is a great goalie. He's probably the second best goalie of all time. But Dominic Hasek was turning in like 940 save percentages, rolling all over the friggin' place, getting heart trophy after heart trophy for three years. I think did he? So did he get three heart trophies? No, I think he got two. He got two hearts, Let's, three Vesnas. And let us not forget. The 1998 Winter Olympics in Nagano. Let's not. <laughs> Gretzky. Stop, Gretzky, Gretzky, Lemieux. Yeah. All of the finest people on hockey's Mount Rushmore all coming together to play so for depressing. Team Canada and get oh. absolutely stymied by Dominic Hasek, the dominator. Dominated, if you will. Oh. <laughs> I hate your pick. <laughs> so Was that the Ross Robligati days too? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Smoking I, weed on the on the on the slopes. How about Yager? <laughs> Yager's a, a fine. How? Sorry, just give me. Okay, she's gone. Um, to our intrepid listeners, my cat Mao was just clawing away at our couch, so I had to yell at her for a sec. Um, yeah, Yager would actually be a pretty good pick. He's won a few Hart trophies. He's won many Art Ross trophies. I would. I, I I have time for hearing Yarmir Yager as the fifth best player of all time. Messier would beat him in my mind as well. Messier is a good option too. Yager's extracurricular activities would do that for me. But <laughs> I also <laughs> not to mention the traveling Yagers. Like if you can get a loyal band of brothers wearing mullets and jerseys from the like eight to nine teams that you played for in the NHL to, would to follow you around up until you're like mid to late forties, like ooh, you're you're getting pretty close to my top five. Number one hairstyle of all time in the NHL. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Rocking the mullet no matter what era or what decade he was in. Oh, yeah. Ally Lee skullet was good too. <laughs> yes. Like who else would fill out the top ten for you guys? Like who who comes to mind if we're not throwing them into the top So I like five? I like Hoshik at five. I think Rocket at six. Well, maybe Yager at six, Rocket at seven, um, Nick Lidstrom at eight, because Nick Lidstrom won just a, an absolute slew of Norris trophies there, and he was pretty instrumental to all those Detroit Red Wings, like just unreal teams. Um, then probably Crosby. 
That's how I'm feeling. How about Joe Sackick? Joe Sackick's just a bit behind. Him and Steve Eiserman are just a bit behind. Um, Brett Hull could maybe be up there. Bobby Hull. I don't know. Yeah, I would exclude Hasek just from my top ten. I'm stuck. not no knock on him. Love Hasek. Like love him, but I would have to put Rocket for sure at five. And then after that, we're looking at Boom Boom. Um, who else am I looking at here? I, I had a name. Uh, Good old Boom Boom. Yeah, Boom Boom. <laughs> Jeffrey. Um, I don't know if Boom Boom would rank that high for me, to be honest. I do love the name Boom Boom. but Marcel Dion? Marcel Dion was a great player, but he never won anything. How do you guys know anything about these old bastards? I used to watch a lot of VHS hockey films, and Marcel Dion was always scoring up a blaze against Gretzky in the scoring race. Marcel Dion for the Kings. You had a rough childhood. <laughs> I just loved hockey. Love it still, but yeah. I, I was big into hockey back in the in the early 90s. That's not hockey. That's ancient history. What about? <laughs> you're sounding like my students right now. <laughs> this morning I was like, oh, you're, sound, you're, you're talking about a situation that reminds me of Brett Hull in the 1999 Stanley Cup Finals. He was talking about, a student was talking about Nylander. Um, crowd in the crease and it should have been goaltender interference when they scored the tying goal against Calgary last week and I was like oh that's like what What are you like a Buffalo Sabres fan from the 1999 Stanley Cup final or something and they all had no idea what I was talking about which is fair but they all think I'm ancient you yeah. are but but do you guys know what I mean oh yeah okay thank like, you I actually think the Sabres have fans have something to beef about there because at the time the, the skate was, was in the crease Thank you. The skate was in the crease. It's black and think, white. It's like puck over glass. Why do you think Brett Hall <laughs> drinks so much now? He knows. He knows what he got away he with. He knows what he got away with. Yeah. And he, but man, can can that guy can that guy just like enjoyably party in the in the stands of a St. Louis Blues game? <laughs> I love I love watching I loved watching their run to the cup and seeing Brett Hall just tanked every single night. Singing Gloria, oh so good. I may not like Brett Hall, but I like the way he parties. In retrospect, it wasn't his fault. He scored the goal. <laughs> yeah. It was the ref's fault. Yeah, what are we doing? It was. Yeah. And why are we victim blaming Brett? Hall? Yeah. Poor Sabres fans have suffered and continue to suffer all because of Brett Hull. Where was Toronto? Well, we could say that about any year. Where was the situation situation in Toronto? Where were they when this happened? This rectified everything. Internet was barely a thing in 1999. Yeah, I think I got my first Hotmail account in 1999. (laughs) Ridiculous. Yeah, you would have had to mail in the VHS tape, and like that's a really long break. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, you you need to get an intern to run (laughs) from Dallas to to Toronto. Um, Yeah. Times have changed. Lindy Ruff, no goal. <laughs> At the parade? <laughs> Go Lindy Ruff, he's back behind the bench these days. Good for him. Good for him. Um, speaking of coaches who are not behind the bench these days now, um, that's not the best transition, but uh, Claude Julien got fired. I am curious as to how you guys feel about Claude Julien's firing because I myself, spoiler alert, thought it was a little strange. Um, Ryan, what do you think about the Montreal Canadiens firing Claude Julien? Thank you, Scott, for <laughs> pouring me another ragged coin. <laughs> Enjoy your physical fitness testing tomorrow. <laughs> Passive flying colors. <laughs> well, 
Claude Julian. Let's see. A little bit of dead air there. Um, oh, that's all right. Claude Julian, I feel like they brought him in to win. And I feel like when that they does, hired him... That does rhyme, so that yeah. must be the truth. <laughs> they brought him in to win. Now, I feel like his firing was a little bit premature. In my mind, I feel like he was almost in a scapegoat situation. Um, I don't feel like he got a fair shake there. They brought him up. I think he won a cup with Boston, right? Yeah, back in... Oh, well, God damn Dowler, did he win a, did he win a Stanley Fuck Cup with off. Boston? <laughs> the Stanley Cup, right? The Stanley Cup. No, he, he did win with Boston. Did he win a Gagarin Cup? He was cup? a winner. And the reason why they brought him in there was to win. And they had... A monster start to so the season. Angry. They they were having a monster start this year. They 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 did well. This was the year that Toffoli came out. Petrie's been dishing it. I just love how the you Petri in- dish. Um, <laughs> I just love how you inadvertently TM. just like PTSD Scott right there on the spot. I'm gonna go flip some cars and light the city. I'm so sick of your shit. <laughs> Watch it burn, baby. Um, I feel like Carrie Price needs to give a little more effort. I feel like they need to find something down the middle. Like they needed to pick up your Luke Dubois or some. They needed to pick up a center. They're weak down the middle. I feel like they are a fast team, skilled team, but Claude Julien was not the issue on that on that team whatsoever. I feel like he should have been coaching there for at least the end of the year, if not more. Scott, you're a grieved take. Fuck Claude Julian. <laughs> Is that all you want to say? Uh, I, I, I can move on from that. That, that works done. very well. That's a great soundbite. <laughs> <laughs> so, for new for new listeners who have not heard, Scott is a Canucks fan. You have Just new listeners? Wow. My students. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> who are hopefully not listening to this one. It's a little heavier on the swears so far. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Claude Julian infamously guided the best Boston Bruins, almost the best in Bruins, that disgusts me as a Leafs fan, the Boston Bruins to a Stanley Cup victory over Scott's beloved Vancouver Canucks in the 2011 Stanley Cup playoffs. And then Vancouver burned. If only Aaron Rome didn't get suspended yeah. for knocking out Nathan Horton. Aaron Rome was the reason. Aaron Rome was the reason. A borderline ninth defenseman on any team not being able to play was the reason. Um, so, yeah, Claude Julien getting fired, I felt, was a little, I'll agree with my cousin, premature, um, considering his considering the start that this team had. And I did not believe that the Canadians were as good as a lot of people made them out to be at the beginning of the year. Um, they made some interesting acquisitions in the offseason that definitely shored up their depth. Or excuse me, but I've already said that uh, I've already mentioned on this on previous episodes that I feel like they didn't use their like crazy amount of cap space very well in the off season. That doesn't matter in terms of whether they're putting a winning team on the ice right now. But I think that Claude Julien is a good coach, and I think that he was just absolutely torpedoed by Carey Price's abysmal eight ninety save percentage. Um, yeah, they had great possession numbers. They we're doing the best they can for a team with no actually elite um, forward depth. Like, they've got good forwards. Like, Nick Suzuki could be elite at some point, but it's too early to be making him your, like, 20-minute-a-night first-line center guy. So, I don't know. And Josh Anderson's been playing really well, but, like, well for Josh Anderson. He's not, like, uh, I don't know. 
Who's I never like, heard of him, honestly, until this year. Yeah, he only had one goal in 26 games last year. So, like, I don't know. He's, he's been playing great for Josh Anderson, but he's still not going to be a point a game like Keith Kachuk, Vane, power forward that just, like, dominates. Or That's not what like. the commentators were saying the last time I watched the full Canadians game. They were... Very, very... They were calling him Keith Kachuk? Very kind. (laughs) That's because Canadian broadcasters love a good power forward. And so, like, yeah. They'll they'll pump a special player a lot. Yeah, I'm sure. He's going to be a special player. It's just just that there aren't that many power forwards left in the league these days. So I think that because Josh Anderson is one and he's not, like, 35 years old and on his way out, they pump his tires a bit more. But... Fair enough. Yeah, I don't know. I think the Canadians are a good team... And that Claude Julien should have been given a bit more of a leash. I think that Mark Bergevin has higher hopes for this team than he probably should, based on especially how bad they were last year. But um, they had a great start, though, right? They did. Did they not? In yeah. anyone else's mind? Like, yeah, I think they did, but they played the Canucks like five times <laughs> every game by like a score of 10 to 2. So, and in know. a division like that, with the shortened season, in a division like that with garbage teams in, like the Canucks and the Sabres. Maybe Sacks. that's why the Canucks are so bad, because of those beatings, right? <laughs> if they would have won those games against the Canadians, they would have been in a totally different position. Yeah. So, maybe we'll uh, transition to wondering, who is next on the coach carousel? Who is going to be fired next? Who is on the hottest of hot seats? Um, Sheldon Keefe. We can, I'll maybe throw out a few names at you guys. Obviously... Fuck you, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, a few a few uh, options that are better options, not Sheldon Keefe. Um, some some names that come to mind off the top of my head would be John Tortorella. Um, oh, I've had I've been double fisting beers. It's difficult to remember. Well, I'll speak to that one. <laughs> Apparently, the GM came out today and go, gave Tortorella a vote of confidence. And Tortorella's response was, he hates that that has to happen. Yeah. Well, Torts hates a lot of things. I know. But I think that there's something still to be said for Torts being on the hot seat, like, based on his actions and Me too. I'm surprised he's still there. His leash must be short. Yeah. And the fact that, not to get, like, um, nepotistic, but I will... Uh, Kekalainen brought in Line. You can't spell Kekalainen without Line, I think. No, you probably can. Kekalainen? Kekalainen. We can just bend that. That was a good try. Yeah, it might, it might be in there. Are I'm you not sure. Are saying that Kekalainen is Line's father? Yes. Okay. Yes, that's what I'm, exactly what I'm proposing right now is that Patrick Line never knew his father, and Jarmo Kekalainen is his father. And he brought him in f- to try and build a father son relationship. And John Tortorella, the asshole that he is, benched his son. Crazy. For an entire third period, only the fourth game in of their, like, just just budding relationship. Is this a Lucasfilm saga that we're going to watch? I think so. Next I think or... that... I think that you're on a lot. We'll so, be so, right back with Mari. <laughs> so, like, you how, is, how is John Tortorella not Darth Vader in this analogy? <laughs> Um, but yeah, this is a stupid analogy. Anyway, other coaches that, that might get... That was a great analogy. <laughs> other, <laughs> other coaches that might get fired, we have Ralph Kruger of the aforementioned Buffalo Sabres as a possibility. Um, we have Jeff Blashill of the you'll never fire me because my team is too bad for it to matter how well we do Detroit Red Wings. You have Travis Green of Scott's beloved Vancouver Canucks. 
I, I'm sure there are other options. Those are the ones that I'm thinking of off the top of my head right now. Well, why don't we all just pick one outrageous Who do you name? think is going to get fired next? We could pick one outrageous name, and we could pick one realistic name. How about that? Just for fun. Okay. Shits and giggles. Scott, go. Outrageous. <laughs> Travis Green. It's not outrageous. I just said it was very realistic. <laughs> You're just saying that because he looks like he got hit by a bus. But he still coaches fine. Fine. It's not his sure. fault. That it's the it's, not, his, it's not his fault that Jim Benning sucks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Plus, the owner was like, you guys get a passing C- minus grade. I'm not going to fire you. Okay. So that's your outrageous pick. Who's your realistic pick? Realistic is Ralph Kruger. I was surprised when he got hired, and I'm surprised that he hasn't been fired yet. Uh, I feel like he is... You know, I'd have nothing to go on other than the media, but that he seems like a nice guy and a smart guy, but not necessarily uh, a top-notch hockey coach. Fair. Um, Ryan, do you have a, a, a realistic pick and an outrageous pick? Well, realistically, I think if I were a betting man, Tortorella would be a great pick because he's great at getting fired. Um, this is true. He loves getting fired. Loves it, and I think <laughs> I think that if I were a betting man, sometimes I am, I would <laughs> put my money on Tortorella. That being said, I feel like the vote of confidence is yeah. like a death knell. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> <laughs> I would also have to put out an outrageous pick, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Paul Maurice, I think. Oh, because I think Winnipeg. Also, Winnipeg okay. has inflated their expectations. Their and then GM has inflated, down. yeah, just like what you were saying about Pierre Bergevin, right? I feel like they have these expectations, and their team is good enough to win a cup. They've got Hellebuck now. They've got all the pieces in place. I feel like if they don't make the playoffs or don't make a strong push this year, that he would be the, the one to go. That would be like, just wow, like why? But, yes. Okay, so realistic, I'll go with... Ralph Kruger, um, based on the fact that this team, the Buffalo Sabres, have done everything they can to make Jack Eichel happy, and now he seems to be having a feud with Ralph Kruger about when he got injured, which is like the stupidest thing to feud about, but he's like, the, the timelines are not adding up between Jack Eichel and Ralph Kruger, and just kind of that disconnect, um, just Buffalo needs to make the playoffs, and they are not making the playoffs right now, so like... I feel like it's realistic that he gets fired. And they can't fire the GM because they already did that in the offseason. Um, outrageous. I came up with another one that's maybe more realistic than outrageous, but Jeff Ward in Calgary. Um, the Flames have been disappointing this year so far. And you know what? Maybe that's more of a neutral pick than it is an outrageous pick. So let me like recalibrate for an outrageous pick. <laughs> but while you um, do that, can we go back to the Buffalo situation? I sure. Have one question you guys talk about that for a sec. I'm going to look at the standings while I look for my outrageous pick. Okay, I'm going to ask Scott a question. <laughs> okay. All right, Scott. Nice to meet you, by the way, for the second time. <laughs> We've met once on the played hockey on, on V Lake. On yeah. V Lake. I don't know. That was, that's true. It was only one time. Very fun, though. Very fun. That was fun. Nice way to meet. Well. The question I would like to pose is, back to what Robin said about the coach and Eichel not lining up there, the, the timelines, because of what's going on with Eichel. Do you think the coach goes and Eichel goes? Do you think that Eichel goes and the coach stays? Or do you think they keep Eichel and fire the coach? Do you think there's a way they could work that out? What is your opinion? 
Um, what timeline are you giving me? Uh, end of season. Ooh, by the beginning of next season. By the beginning of next season. Okay, okay. God I like that timeline. I like that timeline. I think both Eichel and Ralph Kruger are gone. I think, you know, Fresh Eichel is just going to say, like, trade me or I won't play. And they're just going to have to do it. And I think Ralph Kruger's days are numbered. If he lasts to the end of the season, I'll be surprised. Good answer. Good answer. Um, Personally, I feel like they're going to hang on to the coach. And they're going to trade Eichel. Interesting. uh, Interesting. If I were the GM there, I would keep Eichel. I would hang on to him with every morsel of integrity I could. I would hold on to him because I feel like he is a once I I don't want to put him up there in a pedestal with McDavid, but at the same time I think he's so valuable to a franchise. He's valuable on the power play. He can just take over a game offensively. Um so yeah, I would keep him at all costs. Whatever it takes. All right. So Coming back to me, I am not going to wade into the, the conversation you just had because I've been focused way too hard on my phone and on the standings. But I will let you know that my outrageous pick is Jared Bednar of the Colorado Avalanche. So the Colorado Avalanche, they're currently 11-7-1, which is not a bad record. But they were, I think, top two or three Vegas odds for a Stanley Cup winner this year, and they could by all means still do it. But they have been slightly disappointing. And if things are to continue to slide, if they lose like two or three more straight games, Bednar could be on his way out. He's had a long run there, and maybe they could see that as his message getting stale. So What is his message? Doesn't he just open the door and say, McKinnon, McKinnon do your thing. goals? Yeah. <laughs> like, I could do that. Yes, yeah, this is true. Like, there you go. Million, yeah. million dollar man, Scott Dowler. Oh, sorry, wait a second. He then runs to the defensive end of the bench and he goes, oh, Kale McCarr, go out and feed McKinnon the puck. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not yeah. even just Kale McCarr. That defense is so freaking stacked. Like, they got such an amazing young defense core. Devin Taves. They got Taves. They got McCarr. They've got, they got Gerard is better than Taves. Scott here. Um, <laughs> what did you say? You said uh, two stringers, like a second line stringer defenseman. Yeah, I'll agree with that. <laughs> he's at best. He's a num- number two. Okay, so I own got... him. By the... I own Devin Taves. Own him. And you're keeping. Are you... Yeah, like, are you? Is this slavery? I was going to say the same thing. <laughs> oh shit! Did you go there? In my in my opinion, I'm going to go on a little rant here just for two seconds, probably about two minutes. But anyways, the way that fantasy hockey, fantasy football, fantasy sports <laughs> works, right? It's just so it's surreal that you hear people saying like, "I own him. He's my my player." You know, like, the, the way that people talk about players nowadays because of fantasy sports. It's ridiculous. Fantasy sports is pretty funny. <laughs> and I am still just, like, upset with myself. But that's okay. Think of a segue. <laughs> segue, quick, quick. quick, quick, uh, quick. Let's get Mike Babcock on the podcast. <laughs> so, <laughs> actually... That is the segue that I have, sadly enough. But um, well, how do we? What, what's the area code for Saskatchewan? How do we so we got. It so guys, we pulled. We we did another. I don't know how we did it. Um, another coup for the podcast. Somehow getting Mike Babcock to appear for a third time. So he's been Only just a third time. A third time. I think I've been here for all three times. You've been here for two of the three. But, oh, come on! I think it's been more than three then. <laughs> 
Okay, he's been on here four times. He, he made like a 20-second appearance once in the one that you're thinking of, I think. Um, but we actually got him. We got Babs himself. He's been doing a, a media tour just to try and redeem himself as he's been hired as the new uh, University of Saskatchewan Huskies head coach for their hockey program. So he's coming around just like talking about how he's a changed man. And without any further ado, please welcome Mike Babcock. Hey guys, uh, how's it how's it going? Uh, good good to be here on the the podcast. Uh, do you guys uh, have you seen have you seen my interview with Christine Simpson yet? Uh, yeah, hey Babs, uh, saw your interview. Uh, entertaining to say the least. Yeah, I know. I, I do a, I do a pretty good job on TV. That's why they hired me at NBC. I mean, it didn't last more than like three weeks, but you know, uh, sometimes you got to pivot to your to your uh, your even greater strengths because I got a lot of strengths, you know. So I, I decided to uh, to join the University of Saskatchewan from my hometown of Saskatoon. And uh, it's a great place. Uh, they have a lot of a good young players. None of, them are, uh, none of them are Roman Polak types quite yet, but I'm sure with some tutelage I'll be able to get them there. And uh, you know what? I'm just excited to clear my name about all of the bad stuff that's been said about me. Like, y- you guys, I'm sure you've heard some of the stuff about people calling me a bully and stuff like that. Uh, like Ryan, for example, I, I heard some of your talk earlier on the podcast. You're a smart guy, but uh, w- what do you what do you think about this 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 Mitch Marner situation? I just want to hear what you what you have to say. Well, what I want to know first is what do you think about Mike Commodore? You had, to, you had to open that door, didn't you, Ryan? You had to talk about Mike Commodore. My God, Mike Commodore! I never treated the guy bad in my whole my whole life. Mike Commodore is all about like, oh my God, I, uh, this 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 guy, Mike Babcock. What what's wrong with Mike Babcock? He always uh, benches me in favor of other guys who are soft, and uh, I I'm a hard player. Like, no, you're not a hard player, Mike Commodore. You don't even know how to play the game. So you know what? Smell test does not add up with you, Mike Commodore. Smell test does not add up. You're a bad player. I hate to say that. I love only talking about good players, but you're a bad player, Mike Commodore. And hey, Mike, I got a question for you. Um, what? Is the smell test? The smell test? You guys never done the smell test? So it's when you have like you know the like the Pepsi Coke taste test challenge where you got like like just things that are covered up like cans of things that are covered up and you don't know what they are and you you take a sip and you're like oh well, that's Pepsi for sure then like the son of a bitch tells you it's Coke. <laughs> so the smell test is similar to that. Basically, oh, like a blindfold. Blindfold challenge. Thank you there very much, go. Ryan. Blindfold. I, I hate your Mike Commodore question earlier, but now you're on my side. That's okay. Thank so you. Uh, somewhere in the world, Mike Commodore is starting, <laughs> starting a Russian bar fight. So, <laughs> so Mike Commodore. Let's just leave him there. Don't need to bring up that name anymore. Mike Babcock does not like Mike Commodore. Okay. So, I'm sitting there. Um, a guy is putting a bowl. Of a couple different food food stuffs in front of me. I got my my blindfold on my my patented Mike Mike Babcock blindfold on my eyes. You know Bab socks. They also have Mike Babcock blindfolds these days. They don't rhyme as well. They don't come off the tongue as well. Um, and but I know they that do cover your balls. And I know that. Eyes. And honestly, I know that's not a rhyme. I'm not that stupid. Don't tell me mm-hmm. I'm that stupid. Mike Babcock is not that stupid. Wasn't it a Bell Let's Talk blindfold? Ryan, don't get me started on Bell Let's Talk. So I only just freaking learned mental health exists, okay, guys? <laughs> For the longest time, like, 
you talk about mental health, I think, oh, who's mental? Who's this crazy guy that you're talking about? <laughs> he can't be healthy. He can't. It's a, it's a, what's it called? An oxymoron? Like two, two opposite things. Like you can't be mental and be healthy at the same time. Doesn't make sense. Um, but Bell, let's talk. He's talking about mental health. Like good for them, I guess. Uh, Perhaps but like, what? What is with this left shot defenseman, right shot defenseman must play right and and left? What is with that? What I'm, is... I'm not I'm not done talking about mental health. First of all, and uh, I, I just want you to know that now that I know about mental health, I I would treat players different. I absolutely would treat players different. I reached out to Johan Franzen. Um, did and, I apologize? Uh, no. But did I get the chance to apologize? No, of course not, because he didn't respond to me, and that's his fault. He's a piece of crap. Like, uh, anyone, when someone reaches out to you, it's just the polite thing, regardless of what they called you before, for them to just, like, come back and at least say, hey, what's up, Babs? How are you doing, Babs? <laughs> Mike Babcock, uh, it was great having you as a coach, even though you belittled me all the time. Let's talk. No, let's talk, hashtag. <laughs> Barren ground. Northwestern. <laughs> so I think what I'm trying to say is mental health. I learned like four days ago that this is a thing. So yes, I am very well versed in the mental health ways now. I know that now at this point, some of the things I did to Mitch Marner, to uh, Johan Franzen. Actually, no, no, I, I disagree. No, Johan Franzen, we'll, we'll leave that alone. But to Mitch Marner, yeah, some of the things I did to Mitch Marner were wrong. But you know what? Some of the things were okay. If I uh, if I told him to you rank a few him people, to the next level. I pushed him. Yeah. yeah. Would Mitch Marner be the absolutely dominant one-way force that he is today without me, Mike Babcock, saying, "Hey, you're Mitch Marner. I'm Mike Babcock. You're going to play 14 minutes a night tonight, He'd and be that's a bum. how he'd be a bum." Yeah. Thank you. On Thank you. Ryan. Yeah. He he knew he knew playing Fortnite at home. He in knew his basement. <laughs> he knew. That Roman Polak needed those minutes. He knew P.A. Parento needed those minutes. He knew that we had guys on that team that could do things he couldn't. Like, sure, he can skate around all, all for all day, like around all these dipsy-doodling guys, just like <laughs> bringing the puck around a guy, putting it through his legs, then like inevitable slap pass. But he knew that he did not bring the same grit and determination and he wasn't going to get his opportunity until he was able to do that. So, like, Mike Babcock's not playing Mitch Marner 17 minutes a night until he shows me that he can block a shot. Okay? Um, what was your other question? Ooh. What was my other question? I forget. I <laughs> Something about the smell test. That's what it was. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask you. I, I was going to say, what is your... What are your intentions right now? Like, do you plan on coaching for the University of Saskatchewan for one year, two years, and then re-entering the NHL? Is that your goal? And if so, what would what would be your hopes? What team would you like to take over? Would you like a rebuild? Would you like a uh, contender? What what are we looking at here in, in terms of the Babcock so I said this. So I said this to uh, another guest on this program, uh, Devin Granger. Do not come to my place of work and tell me that you're what's your next thing you're going to do or uh, you're doing a shit job, you got to get out of there, do a job somewhere else because you're better suited for something else. I know you're trying to pay it as a compliment, but I am a University of Saskatchewan Husky right now, Mr. Coymans. So I don't, I don't like that question, I'm not going to lie. And I do not have anything else, even though I moved on within three weeks from NBC. Sure, that was fast. But I, I, 
I'm probably not going to move on in three weeks. I mean, I'm Mike Babcock. Mike Babcock does what Mike Babcock does. But I don't know if I'm going to move on in three weeks. But no, I'm going to say right now, I'm not moving on in three weeks from the University of Saskatchewan. So I can't answer your question. I think in the now. I'm the Mike now. Babcock. In Mike Babcock in the now. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Scott, you have any questions for me over there, bud? Uh, yeah, is there any oxygen left in this room? <laughs> I, I don't understand. I, I, I can only think literally and not in terms of metaphors or uh, figurative language. So we, talk, we were talking about Mitch Marner. Do you have any more to say about anything, Mike, or at all? Or can we just kick you out now? All I want to say is uh, you guys are probably going to make your liberal media edits on this podcast. You guys are going to take take my words and misconstrue them. You're going to make them sound like, oh, Mike Babcock, he doesn't like Mitch Marner. Oh, Mike Babcock, look, <laughs> listen to this guy. Like, oh, Mike Babcock, oh, Mike Babcock. But no, do not make those edits. Do not make me out to be a clown, guys. I'm Mike Babcock, and I can coach hockey, okay? All right, there you have it, Mike Babcock. All right, so thank you, Mike Babcock, for joining us on the program one more time. That was... Uh, it was longer than I was expecting, <laughs> but uh, thank you for joining us, and we are left with... <laughs> that might be the last time he pops by for an interview, I think. <laughs> oh, I'm sure he'll make another appearance. Mike Babcock likes to hear Mike Babcock's voice in the third person. Yeah, I think he might be running, <laughs> running low on stereotypes and materials for himself, and material for himself, but God, I'm messing up, messing up my grammar. <laughs> Mike Babcock's, Mike Babcock's run, rubbing off Melvin. on me, yeah. Um, so, my final question that I want to sincerely pose to you, Scott, as a Canucks fan, based on tonight's lackluster effort against the Winnipeg Jets, can the Nucks still make the offs? And by offs, I mean playoffs, since I'm abbreviating Canucks to Nucks, if you understand what I'm saying. Is there a bathroom in this place? Yeah. <laughs> I'll be right back. Good <laughs> interlude. I hope you're taking a shit because the Canucks suck. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, moving on. Do you uh, think that they, is there still a chance? What I'm trying to ask, do you think there's still a chance that they can make the playoffs based on what you've seen so far this season? I mean... The St. Louis Blues made it, and they were in, like, last place. Mind you, they had a way better roster than the Canucks had. Yeah, I'm going to say, like... And, like, although they did have this phantom goalie and Jordan Bennington come up, and anybody who would have looked at that at the time would have been like, (laughs) but they made it, and then they won the Cup. So can the Canucks possibly make the playoffs? Yes. Would you like some I'm good for now. Okay. <laughs> I mean, the Montreal Canadiens are a sinking ship with Dominic Ducharme as the coach. We've been over that. Mm-hmm. Calgary Flames are floundering with water wings. There's a chance. There's a chance. The Canucks have been playing not bad for the last little while. Good enough that they probably should have won a few more times, but their goaltending sucks. And the rest of the roster is mediocre. And they're paying Tyler Myers for another four or five years a lot of money. Oh. And Brandon <laughs> Sutter's making over four million. So, Antoine Roussel is making a okay, lot of I money. Okay, I feel like we're diving too far into oh, the depressing sorry. side of the pool. Uh, uh, yeah, so can they make it? Sure. Will they make it? 
Sure. Oh, we've got a lively Canadian or Canucks. We've got, a, we've got a, a depressingly hot take. <laughs> Listen, it's hard to be excited you, right you now, Scott. Yeah, you think sad for a Buffalo Sabres fan? Try being their expansion kiss and sister, and also not doing anything for since 1970. It's been a rough go. Hey, while we're there, 1967, Leafs fans here, me and Ryan. So like, buds. <laughs> Go Bucks. <laughs> so, like, I don't think you're winning any sympathy points by trotting out the like 1970s inauguration or whatever, and the fact that you haven't won the Stanley Cup. Michelob, <laughs> get your skinny bitches away from me. <laughs> that was not a derogatory comment, by the way. That oh, was shit. about Michelob Ultras. <laughs> <laughs> Cancel but yeah, culture's gonna get you. So, so Scott, you are saying like reluctantly, there's still a chance that they can make the playoffs, and you think that they can make the playoffs. Look, they can make the playoffs, but it's a slim, slim chance. They have to basically like lose what five games for the rest of the year. It's not no, happening. but like might I remind you that the Calgary Flames are in free fall. The Montreal Canadiens, as this you mentioned, are in free fall. There's a chance. I'm telling you. Yeah, so so dumb and dumber rules. You're still saying there's a chance. They have to beat every game that they play against Montreal or Calgary. They have to win. And every other game they can lose, and that's fine. And they might make it. Pull your socks up, Abby. And then watch the Ottawa Senators just sneakily slide by all of these teams. Well, the yeah, spot. it's year one of unparalleled success. <laughs> yeah, you don't get to unparalleled success without sneakily sliding into the fourth spot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is true. They call them the backdoor sets. <laughs> <laughs> no need to examine further why that is the name of them. Um, so, Ryan, as a... Yes. But I'm done here. I've been cut off. <laughs> yes. No more, sir. As, as someone who is unbiased, what do you think about the Canucks playoff hopes? The season? Canucks playoff hopes? I don't... I think it's too early to tell. To be honest, I I feel they're like basically halfway through the season, Ryan. So it sounds crazy. Uh, I know it does, eh? But the Canucks have played twenty six games as of tonight. There's fifty six games on this season schedule, so they're pretty much halfway through. Yeah. Careful no. what you say, you Claude Julian lover. Yeah, I don't know. I just I don't want to be too cruel because they do have a very exciting young team. I just so maybe they miss the playoffs this year, but they make the playoffs next year. But they they do have a future. That is what is important here. I just want to go on the record and say Ryan thinks he owns Brock Besser. <laughs> I acquired Brock Besser. <laughs> That's what all the slave owners said. <laughs> Legal, I acquired him legally <laughs> by means of trade. Uh, I'm going to have to really tell my students not to listen to this one. <laughs> In the form of uh, Coleman. What was it? Blake Coleman. Blake Coleman. Garbage. And Ryan, Ryan Pulak. There we go. Also garbage. Not, not garbage. I acquired him legally <laughs> by means of trade. This is true. This is clear this up? This is true. This is fine. Okay. Um, you know what? I think every podcast episode I've ever been on, Robin has said at least 17 times that he's going to have to delete something, tell people not to listen to this one, <laughs> do something with it, insert jingles when I'm speaking. Yeah, and then 20 years later, he <laughs> releases Slap a like, logo oh, on your oh. face, even though it's an audio medium. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
Um, later he releases a raw video. Of yeah, the, 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 the Chardonnay yeah. Boys cut. Yeah. <laughs> um, sure. So, <laughs> I haven't heard this story. So, some, you know, we'll, we'll tell you before you go home tonight. <laughs> so, some interesting news. Ten minutes ago on my headlines on The Athletic, a quality app, which I'll plug for a second time, um, the Canadians <laughs> have apparently fired their goalie coach, the Montreal Canadiens. Just so you know. Yeah, that's what's wrong with Carey Price. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's it's an interesting situation where they decided to fire Claude Julien first, as if to say, it wasn't the goaltending, it was the team, and now are saying, no, it was the goaltending. Now I think they're in the realm of culture problem now. Like, but Jake Allen's been doing great. Yeah, wow. exactly. That's the thing. <laughs> Carey Price might just be washed, as yeah. hard as it is to say, as a Canadian... As a Canadian, period. <laughs> yeah, as like one of the top five greatest of all time. Are you saying that Carey Price should be number five on our on our rankings, like on the Mount Rushmore thing? Is he better than Dominic Hasek? Yeah, he's from BC. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the hot takes. Hot, each one hotter than the last. <laughs> um, so, in my mind, we'll get back to the, the question at hand, can the Knucks still make the offs? And my answer to this question, maybe if I say it more times, you guys will be less disappointed in me. Um, so my answer to this question is, yes, I think the Canucks can still make the playoffs. I think that there's still a chance. Damn, I was prepared to fight them. On the, the offs? No, like... Or, or, or on, on the s- podcast, <laughs> I was going to start, like... Saying that I'm Making, stupid for saying they can't make the playoffs? Yeah, I was ready. Okay. No, I think they still can. I think they have enough talent. And I think that this division is mediocre enough and up and down enough that, honestly, I could see the Winnipeg Jets still sliding out of the playoffs at this point. Um, they've played really well to this point. But, yeah, anything anything can happen in the north, in the Scotia North. <laughs> Oh, I feel dirty. <laughs> As Jay called it, the Gord Downey division. <laughs> I like that much better. Um, oh, yeah, we never talked about Dan O'Toole getting fired. Do we want to talk about that? You guys good? Well, what's wrong with the Irish? <laughs> <laughs> I love the Irish. Nothing, nothing. What yeah. does the network have against Dan O'Toole? In the so, I feel like I did, I so I feel like Mike Babcock did tease out a little bit more content about Bell Media <laughs> So maybe we'll just briefly, very briefly discuss Jay and Dan are no more, and this makes me sad. So Bell Media let go of a lot of good people um, in the last month, and like in a weird, at a weird timing, it was like two to three weeks after Bell Let's Talk. It seemed almost like they were waiting to do this until they felt like it was like conservatively far enough away from Bell Let's Talk, but it still didn't feel far away enough from Bell Let's Talk for them to be. Letting go a lot of people during a pandemic, and especially some people who I think have done some really good work for the network and who have had some mental health struggles of their own. Like, I know Dan O'Toole has had some issues that he's been pretty public about. Um, So how do you guys feel about the fact that Dan O'Toole got let go from TSN and amongst others? To me, it's like ketchup and mustard when they got rid of mustard. Like, now what do you put on your hot dog? Just ketchup. That's a, I love that. You're so beautiful. <laughs> beautiful man. <laughs> Are you done? Yeah. Um, <laughs> shut, no, shut up, beautiful man. I have things to say. <laughs> Are you done yet? Oh, I love you, Scott. I, uh, I remember just waking up and watching them 
you know, and they were, they brought comedy to sports and it was just great, you know, and yeah, it's just like, uh, you know, taking away Bonnie and, and leaving Clyde by himself, you know, it's just, it's a shame. I thought Clyde, they should go down together. Yeah. I don't know enough about Bonnie and Clyde. I won't interject. Yeah, I agree. Yes, wholeheartedly. <laughs> um, but yeah, Dan O'Toole and Jay Onright were a great pair. And you still have, like, there are a lot of people that I don't like in terms of sports analysts that are still left behind on TSN. On. Should I go off? I want to hear at least your top three that you don't like on TSN. Okay, well, Pierre Maguire sometimes on TSN. <laughs> he's still on TSN. No, he's mostly NBC. Okay, uh, that doesn't count, sorry. Um, so let's see, I'm not a fan of Darren Detitian. Me either! How did he keep his job? <laughs> I don't know. God, he probably beat somebody up because he just... Just too worried about being jacked and wearing tight ass suits that don't fit him. Yeah, I don't uh, like his face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, besides Darren Detition, like, oh, I need to I need to like look up a list of people. Well, you do. But that. oh, Craig Button. I don't like Craig Button. Me either. He's yeah. like the Pierre Maguire of today. Oh, scouts. He does have a perm. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> he must have a perm. I mean, like, how else do you? Got such luscious curls, Scott. But mine are natural. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought you might have some insight into the perm world. Um, but yeah, Craig Button don't like. Um, who else do I not like? It's it pains me to say, but I because uh, there's nothing that he's done wrong. But oh, I find Jermaine Franklin really boring. No thoughts. He feels robotic to me. No thoughts? <laughs> Where did you get this microphone? Out <laughs> of Fallout? I'm just saying. It looks like something out of Fallout, actually. Uh, <laughs> so, I guess I'm alone on the Jermaine Franklin not enjoying train. But uh, he seems like a lovely guy, but I just think he's boring as a sportscaster. Um, but yeah, anyway, Dan O'Toole, we will miss you. May there ever be gold at the end of your rainbow. Name for God. <laughs> yes. We've done it. It's come full circle with the racism. Uh, and no well, one will yeah. ever listen to this episode. Maybe you can get Dan O'Toole on here. Wow. Yeah. I don't know what I was thinking with that. Yeah. I'm sorry. Um, I just anyway. can't wait for Dan O'Toole's guest appearance. Yeah, so I'm sure he's one of the seven listeners to the podcast. Um, so, yeah, thank you so much, guys, for joining me on this one. We'll see if it's releasable to the public or not. I'll have to edit out a lot of my own content to, to make it work. But Come on. You don't, you don't need to edit it. I don't like editing. This is true. No, just throw it out. <laughs> no one's listening anyway. My, st- fucking see this. my students will pass this on to their parents, who will in turn be disgusted. And so the circle of life goes on. Can I say fuck? You just did, so it's okay. I feel like I've said fuck at least fucking 17 times. I used to say it more. And then what happened? You You got soft. Then I got soft. Robin, in all all fairness, all you have to do is put late night in front of your podcast. No, I do have an explicit. I I have an explicit sticker on it. That should warn the kids enough. Yeah. Hmm. So, uh, yeah, this has been meta enough. Um, students go to bed. Good night. <laughs>